0: Jackie and Hope are back, but you can't take our attack.
1: Wow. Is your mother right? Would you like us to assign some? Ooh, are you using analog notes today?
0: Yeah, I just, just like, I didn't know. I didn't feel like bringing out a computer today. I don't know what it was, but it was just, I was feeling, uh, I was feeling more like needed to be grounded, you know? Like, I need to be one with nature, so therefore a pen and paper. writing. Okay, but I'm Jackie. I'm Hope. And this is Fascism Podcast, where we, you know, hang out and chit-chat about things
1: that we saw on the internet that are related to fashion. Mm-hmm. Things we saw on the internet or things we did a lot of reading on so right. depending on what episode you're listening to it can vary it very much and I, ho- I hope you're okay with that sometimes it's a deep dive and we'll do like one long topic and then other days like today, it's media hall where we take you through a few things we've been you know seeing on the internet and naturally developing opinions about mm-hmm. so you know if you like it a little bit you should definitely rate it five stars that's just kind of the uh, response economy we live in Unfortunately. anything less than five stars is basically like saying fuck you I hope you die yeah. <laughs> we're really trying hard we're trying at the max capacity that we can we can try that's, that's
0: accurate I want to say Spotify still hasn't revealed our like like our five out of five yet oh. so I would you need we need more people to like I guess give us five stars to like start showing what our rating is because we don't get a rating until then. Until it keeps on. T- I look at, at the rating. And there's like not enough people have liked or have rated this. And I'm like,
1: okay, got it. Jackie, you're embarrassing us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jackie, what's trending for you? I thought about this because I was like, can I use rejection
0: again? Because if you were listening last podcast, it was rejection. Um, and also, I want to before I even start, I want to give a corrections corner. I guess we could call it. Uh, I said. Rebel Wilson. No, I meant Rebel Wilson, but I said Busy Phillips mm. multiple times with no idea I was saying it wrong. Are they both Australian? Not even close. Busy Phillips is very American and <laughs> not even like she's popular for v- various reasons. And they, I think they have like a tenured. They're just two blonde white women. To me, I'm like easily you can confuse them.
1: Yeah. The sad thing is we were we were trying to give a shout out to our Australian yeah. listeners. <laughs> I think I, I'm like – and that's who I want to apologize to. Mm-hmm. Listen, I
0: just – I I don't want to know your opinion on Busy Phillips. I do actually, but like that's not what I meant. I want to know your opinion on Web, Rebel Wilson, which is actually a very hard name for me to say. Mm-hmm. I want to say Webel Wilson, mm-hmm. but it's Rebel Wilson and I have to think very hard when I say her name.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling very connected to our Australian audience right now because I just watched Love on the Spectrum, which, yeah, the one that takes place in Australia. So –
0: you watched a show from there. Now we're all friends with Australians. But what I was going to say is, I don't know. I I would say what's trending is me looking for answers um, in various sources. Like I went to a psychic. I went to – when I say I went, I called on the phone. I paid for minutes. Like, like I was in 2008 and I only had so many minutes to use. But it was for a psychic. And – um, I paid $30 for 30 minutes, and I called this hotline for 15 minutes to get a psychic reading, and then I was like, okay, and then I called a second psychic just to see if... They could be... They're all from the same hotline. I got to just choose what psychic I wanted to call. So they could be sharing the same notes from the previous
1: one. That seems so unlikely. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they're probably, like, in different cities at least like they don't talk you think or you think it's like one little like one it, business where they're all like I think my phone number
0: comes up and they're like these are the notes that we set. these are the things that we said about this person you I just like wouldn't even think that they would do that much quality control interesting I love that you you think that you're like they're psychics they don't need it they're going on intuition there is no writing down things there's
1: well or just that they don't try that hard because like maybe they think people will just believe without Having, well, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe they know people call back, and so they do take notes.
0: Yeah, maybe I don't know. I have I literally have nothing to go off of, so I'm I'm assuming that's what's going on because that's what a therapist does, and that's kind of what I'm replacing it for. But also, I need somebody to tell me what's going to happen in my life because I am losing my mind. So. I know we can't predict the future, but I just feel so unstable in the sense of, like, I've been trying to, like, leave my job for so long, and I just need another job that I want to be my career um, in some capacity, and I just need to get my life started on that so I can focus on this podcast, so I can focus on, like, building my my space and, you know, possibly dating, probably not, because I really have the ick for men right now, like, just the, the idea of men even trying to hit on me i'm like dude gross um but anyways it's just like i don't know so i called the psychic the first second okay so they sold me a business was gonna be go booming for us and i I didn't want to give them too much info because they asked me if i had a business and i said kind of which is what i was thinking this podcast Mm -hmm. so who knows and then the second person
1: i was more direct i was like i have a podcast it what, what do you see for us because was the first person one that was like, do you have a business? I'm seeing like YouTube. Was That, that was that one, right? right? Yeah. And then they were the one who said, oh, it's going to do really well, like starting in October.
0: No, that was the second person. Okay. What did the first person say?
1: She's just like, I see stuff picking up for you, like financially. You're going to be
0: in good standing very soon, which I'm like, thank God. I mean, this is the stuff that I'm like, how much can I take this for what it is? But I just needed to hear that. Also, side note, I went to a psychic about two or three years ago. I think it was two years ago because I was turning thirty. It was a, it was a gift to myself. And the psychic told me I was going to be famous. And then they say like they saw like Joe Rogan or something. <laughs> yeah, they're like it's like the Joe. I'm seeing Joe Rogan show, and I was like, really? And I was like, this is what I get for choosing a male psychic. That's right. It was a man that was a psychic. All of y'all are sexist for thinking it was a woman. But also, you should have known the moment he said Joe Rogan. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: no woman's gonna be like
0: i'm seeing the joe rogan show ever heard? he literally was like ever heard of it oh my
1: God. <laughs> that's hilarious you're like do you you don't even understand how online i am <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's just like
1: yeah okay that's
0: i was like what do you i don't he's like i'm seeing you on the joe rogan show maybe and i was just like okay maybe i don't know at the time hope and i were doing trying a different podcast idea and we that that didn't work out I mean we also were in grad school there was just no way we were going to do anything during grad school but so moving forward having that in mind so I asked the other second person and she said in October we're gonna like really I don't know so I guess if if you're listening now we still value you but like in October is when we really gonna like value you more. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. And apparently from both, this is why I'm like skeptical and like think there might be some quality assurance. Both of them said that I was going to meet somebody in August, early September. Like, And when I say meet somebody, I was going to be in a relationship by then. I was like, I didn't really ask about that because I just like, I'm physically not interested at all, being in a relationship because I just really want to figure. I, I just want to make sure that I have a career first before anything. Because I, I just don't want to rely on a relationship for any financial need. I don't want to rely on anything. I just want to make sure I have money. And if you know, if I meet someone in the process, that's cool. But like, I don't want it to distract from my, my things. I need. I need. Yeah. Um. And I just feel like men need so much from a relationship. Anyways, I mean, you and I are particularly task oriented and goal driven so well i think men are like oh they're so clingy but i'm like but they're but men rely on women so much more than they're actually like like they're saying that but then they're like who cooks you dinner at night who's like making sure setting up dates are happening yeah who makes your plans yeah it's like I don't know a lie that men have spread anyways they all both they said I already knew this person and that they were seeing a lot of growth from me which they're not wrong like I think I've entered a lot of relationships in the past being like we're gonna like looking at it as like this there was an end to the me like like this is it like this is something I'm gonna build on now I'm kind of like if I were to enter a relationship I would we'd all have to be on the same page Mm -hmm. there is no like me giving room to not understanding what's happening and me like being like upfront, this is what I want and I'm I'm willing to lose you if stuff like doesn't work out yeah. um and I'm very strong I feel I feel that way and I just don't feel like it, anything could intervene in that so I have more growth and confidence in that way so they're not wrong they also like I'm seeing a lot of mask vibes from you, which I'm like, accurate, okay. And then they're like, and I'm seeing a lot of femme vibes from this man, which was also very heteronormative. They didn't ask me if I was gay or not, which I was like, okay, well, I'm bi, but like, whatever. Coming out to y'all, bisexual
1: here. Um, anyways, one of my friends who listens to the pod did ask if she was like, is Jackie queer? Um, I mean, I feel like I just give off queer vibes, but I, to be clear, I am. Well, I guess they did say mask and femme, which so they weren't assuming it was going to be, or did they did say they a man. say that this man has a lot of fem energy? Uh, which well, I'm maybe like,
0: they homophobic. didn't assume they just that's what they saw. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. They're saying they're seeing a water sign. But th- 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 this was both psychics. I mean, like give or take, they were saying these, huh? Are you and Kasha gonna get together? I mean, no, no way. No offense, Kasha, no way. It'd be, be more because Kasha wouldn't want to be in a relationship with me. <laughs> I've asked Kasha if she's in a like interested Kasha's one of our friends of the pod i've asked kasha if she's interested um in women she's just like i don't know and i'm like just give her some time yeah. you know i just feel like it takes about like the realization that men ain't shit you know what i mean like it takes a while like i always knew men weren't shit but like it did i didn't it didn't really come to fruition for me until like i was 31 or something you know when i was like oh yeah i don't Y'all, I'm not going to fake laugh at anything you say ever again, except for when there's a power dynamic and I'm trying to climb the ladder um, and and we're at a work for it. Like I will fake laugh at all the shit that you say
1: and I hate myself for it. Not even though it's like it's you're being manipulative in a good way. Yeah, but I got called out at work once for it. Like
0: I fake laughed at my manager's thing and then his friends was like, you don't have so in front of him was like, you don't have to fake laugh for him. And I was like, he was trying to be funny, like, and kind of like jab him in the, but I was like, oh my God, you saw my soul. Why was the manager's friend there? I mean, he works there, oh. But oh, he, okay. he hired. <laughs> <her>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, but I was just like, I don't think he knows what he just did. Like, it hurt me so bad. I was like, you saw through my thing. And I was like, I had to defend my actions and he, no one was asking me to, but I felt like I had to, I had to be like, well, it was funny. And it wasn't. Anyways, um, that's what's trending for me. I'm looking for answers in all the right places. Psychics. Psychics. And I also did tarot card readings. I'm like up trying. I don't have a tarot card deck, but I am on the internet doing the free tarot card readings. I'm listening to Capricorn tarot card readings every night on YouTube. It's a it's a it's a plea of desperation that is that is truly f- f- for showing.
1: But I'm here for it. And it's the only way I'm getting through this time. So it seems like, yeah, completely. Completely warranted. Honestly, like, not harmful.
0: Thank you. Like,
1: I don't really see a drawback. Not at all. I don't either. I'm not, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just,
0: you know, trying to find, figure it out.
1: But, um, help. what's trending for you? Oh, okay, I don't know. I was having a really hard time coming up with something, which is, I guess, on theme because indecisiveness is trending for me. I just can't decide what to do with my job. I think partly because I don't care. Honestly, I just want to like go to swing dance class, do this podcast. I've been putting a ton of time and effort into like friendships. And that just feels like what I want to be doing. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What are your goals for the
0: summer? Can I tell you one of mine to give you sure. an idea? Eat more sorbet.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. Actually, like a friend asked me when I, I was visiting California, he's like, what are you looking forward to in the summer? And because May was so busy, like traveling, I mean, basically being out of Seattle for weekends. I will say I feel like I haven't seen Hope in forever, even though we probably saw each other like last
0: weekend. Last time I did. Was the last time we saw each other the last time we recorded? That is horrendous.
1: Honestly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like super overextended. Like last night, (laughs) Brian and I made plans to like go on a date just like because we haven't been spending a ton of time just one on one outside the house and like. At one point he came upstairs to be like, how do I look? And I was like, fine. (laughs) And I was just like, I feel like I'm so fried. Like it's really taxing for me to pay attention. Like one-on-one interactions are really taxing for me because my attention span is low. Like I, this week I was, I went on a site visit with someone who I don't know well. And so it was like four hours of talking. And I, and I like went out basically every night of the week to with friends and it's just really wearing on me um okay but some are goals I don't I just I don't know that's fair but I shouldn't have said
0: I shouldn't have phrased it as goals because that's so not fun is it like what I'm excited to do
1: yeah I guess like what do you what do you want to do I'm excited about like camping and getting outside like not to be like a puffy jacket girl but not to be a Seattleite not to be a Seattleite but I am buying a Subaru and I did just buy a kayak
0: oh that kayak story is for another day but it is fucking hilarious how they like had of a- ended up with a kayak yeah now they have one you have one yeah. and a rack
1: we we now have a kayak we're getting another one and so I am excited about like getting out and exploring I'm excited about like finally getting this house the way I want it and I mean I think I'm excited about friends like hanging out with more people, hanging out with my friends that I already have. And like, because it's warm and because, I don't know. I mean, I think December was when Lulu had surgery and we didn't leave. And then it was Omicron and it was winter. And now I think like, it seems like everyone's emerging in a way, whether or not that's medically advisable. I'm personally just feeling like I want to, be in community with people yeah i thought damn we were supposed to make this episode funnier i know i was like
0: we really need to spice it up we i feel like we've both been kind of in a funk mood and i'm like nothing is funny i mean and nothing is funny (laughs) like truly i feel like
1: nothing is great right now
0: but that's just the world we live in and we do find humor sometimes to be
1: honest there. Might not be a lot of humor in our first
0: topic. Oh, yeah, there can be in our second, and I think um, even our
1: third. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe we have a joke in store for the first topic.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll have a laugh. Hopefully, keep listening. Maybe you will laugh too. Let's just all pray that we're laughing by the end of this. But if we're not, I, we'll be we'll be all right.
1: Um. Okay. You want to jump into it? I wonder how much of the squeaky. We need
0: the A forty seven. This chair, I think. There's just like it's just funny doing a podcast all of a sudden you're like
1: everything needs to be silent. I know. Maybe we should just like strap ourselves to the wall <laughs> and like have po- like microphones dangling in front of us. But then if like, whatever straps is going to like like
0: if we use duct tape that you're going to hear that peeling slowly throughout the it's um That's true. and we'd have to edit that out and then there would be the eventual collapse, but whatever.
1: Yeah, I, that squeaking, man. I can't unhear it. Um that's another thing I I want to do. I want to I want that to be our podcast room. I want. I want to get rid of that bed. Oh my god, yes. I'm just trying to. It's like, yeah, whatever. Transporting couches like makes me want to cry. But anyway, okay. So first on our docket is talking about the Salvation Army. This I found out about from TikTok. My sincerest apologies that I can't remember. Who the fuck posted this? Okay. But I wouldn't probably have heard of it otherwise. I haven't I haven't organically come across it in any way. But on November 15th, 2021, a class action lawsuit was filed against the Salvation Army, alleging that they coerced vulnerable adult rehabilitation center, ARC for short, program participants into working at their thrift stores under threat of harm, including incarceration and reputational and financial damage um this suit is in illinois but there's also been similar suits in georgia and new york and the accusation is that the salvation army has been abusing the criminal justice system essentially gleaning the bulk of their workforce by soliciting referrals from courts and um like probation programs so it's like you get put on probation or you get faced with incarceration and you're given this alternative that requires you to work at the salvation army live on site and sign over your rights to like food stamps and other governmental assistance. And you're not allowed to have an outside job. And you don't get paid. You get paid like 5 to $25 a week as like a stipend. And so they say it's like a no-cost rehab program. And so I imagine they say like, oh, instead of paying them, we give them housing and that covers it. But I haven't been able to find any information about like whether they – Actually give them medical attention or, like, actual drug
0: rehab? You're like, what's the actual program?
1: Exactly. I also say if anybody
0: ever says we provide housing, run the fuck away. Why? Because that, that usually means that you're locked into a situation where you cannot get out. Yeah. And, th- I mean, like, they'll be like, well, we take the money out for rent, and then you don't have an actual, like, living wage because you are, like, a qu- quote, unquote, being covered rent-wise. Right. And yeah, you just don't have any rights. Nothing you don't own anything, like Yeah.
1: They said that they're trying to tackle the symptoms and causes of alcohol and drug dependence, but like I assume like they're saying that one of the causes is like poverty, but how do you get out of poverty if you can't accrue any savings? And like if you're working for no money, you're never gonna be able to climb out of that. Like Yeah, exactly. And so in the one in Seattle, they said the goal of the program is to bridge the way from addiction to clean and sober, living through spiritual growth, work development, educational development, and community. So there's work development, basically like they're acting as though like having a job. It's not even a job. Though. Right, right. But they're calling it like work therapy, basically. Yeah. <sighs> it's so insulting. Well, this is what AmeriCorps does, too.
0: I, I, I just want to be clear because I was in AmeriCorps. They gave me $120, I think, A month. A month. And they had a, we have a living. I mean, how are people supposed to work out of that? Like, that's what a lot of people do when they don't go to college or something. They get into situations like – this is very common. It's not just Salva- Salvation Army. But this is an exception because it's like they are being
1: sentenced. Like, they have no control of that. And I did a similar program. And I think, like, the program I did at least more relies on a, like, educated, young workforce who has no standard of living and no – and is at least without kids or medical costs to the point where they can make so little money whereas this it's like they're specifically like threatening people saying if you don't continue working like you're going to get put in jail, you're going to violate your probation yada yada so if people don't like show up to work or if they like whatever have issues. They also do this with firefighters. Like there's like but these are incarcerated women usually. Right. And so it feels like it's basically like if they're like, well, we can't have them make the clothes in jail. So maybe we'll have them work outside of jail. But it's like basically like using an incarcerated workforce. Uh, yeah. And I mean, this is basically the system
0: that we have created because, yeah. aka, read the New Jim Crow law. This is basically the New Jim Crow law. It's a way to keep like a, a way of slavery to keep happening. Basically not having to pay people wages and like, but getting work, getting free labor out of it.
1: Yeah. And they, so I've heard this referred to as work fair. So it's like, whatever, that you can like kind of figure out what that sort of means. And as early as 2010, there was a petition going around in the UK to try to like make this illegal or like prevent this. Um, and the, the, so the case that was brought in Illinois said that they were basically violating like some kind of like human trafficking law. Um So I haven't like heard anything about the case yet, but um, yeah, I was reading a bit about the Salvation Army, which is like, it's a UK organization. It's basically a Protestant church. The mission statement is the advancement of the Christian religion, of education, the relief of poverty and other charitable objects beneficial to a society, blah, blah, blah. Um, they don't have a CEO, they have a general. It's basically, like, very military. So, like, everyone's called, like, a general, like, a lieutenant. And they all dress in, like, army outfits. And, like, while I do love a theme... Oh. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we love a theme. We love, a like, a themed costume i ne- i will never love a military theme
0: yeah it's not the best one it's definitely not that marvel can go fuck itself oops did i like exclude a lot of people or are people gonna be mad at me no no one gives a shit about marvel <laughs> but but a lot what? of people give a shit about marvel it is
1: a weird comparison what like what made captain you- america i
0: don't know i just thought of like the outfits that they wear there's a lot of cosplaying those and it's very militaristic it is propaganda for the military mm, mm, okay that's how i connected that uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. One thing I will say, and this is very topical, is that the Salvation Army is responsible for National Donut Day. Um, that was yesterday, June 3rd. Oh, yeah, I know. Did you celebrate? I just saw some Instagram things
0: about it. And I was like this. Also, I follow this really niche meme account called Dear Pearl, which is where I'm from in Tennessee. And they just like have all these terrible memes about Murfreesboro, and it's brilliant. And there's this place called Donut
1: Country, and they had a
0: Donut Country meme for Donut Day, and I was like,
1: yes, nice. <laughs> yeah. My mom sent me a like a Dunkin' Donuts thing, and I was like, we don't have those here, moms. So then she sent me some other one. I don't give a shit about donuts. Like, oh, we
0: don't have a Dunkin' Donuts.
1: We actually, do, but not in this vicinity. Oh really? I've never seen one. Like, they're not. Yeah, they, I think they exist on the West Coast, but it's not nearly as common. Oh no,
0: we have a Krispy Kreme. I know where the I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, we have
1: one also in near my Planet Fitness. Okay. Yeah, I. It's LOL. like I just like fancy donuts are really big in like Portland in here, and I just could not care less about fancy donuts. Well, the Voodoo Donuts were really going off, but the Voodoo Donuts actually are not.
0: Um, are what's really popular, and they're like I think originally from Portland, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. But they people went on strike there because i remember when the heat wave happened they did not let their employees go home and they're working with friars and stuff like so they were put like putting their employees at like harm and people got really pissed and so don't eat there unless unless they tell you that it's okay
1: there was another there's another donut place here maybe it's like general purpose it's at um like 12th and madison and they have like their ethos written on the side and i think one of them was like modesty and so that I just I made a mental note again I don't think that fancy donuts are delicious I only like really cheap fluffy donuts
0: Uh, that's okay I just like Krispy Kreme glazed
1: yes exactly and like like preferably for me it's like a Chinese bakery you know what I mean like a Chinese food slash donut place where it's like they're just really fluffy not cakey I don't want toppings if you put bacon on a donut please just kill yourself Okay, I think this is
0: also a symptom of our signs, of our earth signs. We're just like, can you just give us the straight to – no more nonsense. Yeah, I think we're both – since you're a Virgo and I Capricorn, I don't think it's – I don't think it's uh, shocking that we both like just plain glazed, fluffy, traditional donuts.
1: I mean, I like fancy stuff of some of some way, but I'm willing to – I'm willing to like conditionally get on board the theory. Um, Why do you think people that ha- – that put bacon on it it's just like too
0: extravagant Are you like that's so fucking well i hate bacon culture i yeah which is like i feel like gen zers do not know or understand the bacon culture like (laughs) the, the the trauma that we had to survive through it was like kale versus bacon and i don't know why like there was just this everybody fucking hated kale and then we all loved bacon and it was like pushed to a max and i think it has to be tied with toxic masculinity somehow. it's totally
1: toxic masculinity today i passed by a burger place and there was a poster that said bacon is like meat candy and it's- oh my god go fuck yourself
0: yeah even though i eat bacon every day and i'm a huge bacon enthusiast i keep it to myself i don't tell anybody about it this is the first time i hope it yes see the hope just found out yes i do i do but see i just like yeah, but, and I I but I do it cuz I need my protein yeah. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> and how else are you going to get it? <laughs> and it's easy to make. I'm like, whatever. Well,
1: yeah, and it's like it's a food. It's not like a uh, like identity.
0: Yeah, exactly. I try not to tell anybody
1: about it, you know? I mean, if anything, well, you just told beep <laughs> people <laughs> so many hundreds of thousands of millions of people now know that you eat bacon every day
0: well it's just funny because i think the one food that my ex would say like we talked like recently for for some stupid and he was just like i was talking about food for one reason i was like oh yeah you're making another fucking arugula thing that's what everybody knows me from is my arugula uh, obsession
1: yeah, uh, yeah i did know that about you See?
0: This is funny. But I actually eat bacon every day. I think I eat bacon more than I eat arugula. But I just like do like arugula a lot. It
1: yeah. Is- okay. Well, anyway, so in 1938, the first ever national donut day was celebrated in Chicago. And so like the history of the Salvation armys they had like these donut lassies who were sent to France to establish like field bases near the front lines in makeshift huts. And so like thousands of soldiers would come like stock up on like essential goods and grab a donut. This was, like, reminding me of um, The Great, you know, where they go and they bring the macaroons to the soldiers. Which So it sounds like that's, like, a real thing that would happen. Yeah.
0: For those that don't know, The Great is a show about uh, Catherine the Great. And it's Uh. amazing. You should definitely watch it.
1: But basically, the Salvation Army was, like, sending out these ladies to go, like, give donuts to the soldiers. And then it became, like, National Donut Day. So uh, that's just, like, one other thing I wanted to say about them that was, like, a little bit... More lighthearted.
0: Why do I hate that though? I just hate anything military based, and I just don't like. I don't think it's an act of kindness to giving something that is like that's not real food. Yeah. They're gonna be hungry in five more minutes. Yeah, but it's like morale. I mean, I hate the military too, and it's like I I get it. I mean, I will say when people bring donuts, I have zero morale. I'm sorry. <laughs> like when, I mean, like when people bring donuts to work, are you
1: all of a sudden excited about life? No, but. I'm not, like, you know... Your
0: glazed donut only, baby. <laughs> I
1: just, yeah, I just, like, I have access to so many sweets and calories, and I live, like, a way more sedentary yes, lifestyle. But, yeah, I just feel like... And especially, you know, like, they're out in the world where, like, imagine... Yeah. There's nothing you're all just, the like, time. like, everyone's bloody. And has, like, four fingers left. Yeah, it's dire. Anyway, the Salvation I Army, like, I want to know what happens with this story. Like, I think we need to rethink charity in general, like... Oh. To not be a Christian-based thing and a hierarchical, we're, we're the charitable, you're the poor situation, and that's like, I mean, I only don't get me wrong, people. I I learned what mutual aid was like uh, two years ago. Yeah, but well, charity isn't real charity.
0: Like that's the thing. I was like, how are you actually helping people? You're actually if if one person is benefiting more than the other, that's not helping. That's not providing any assistance, and they're they're getting free labor. Well, what is this other person getting? Experience.
1: And if anybody says experience is worth it, it's not, never is. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that charity can't ever have benefit, but like, yeah, like it is a good point that like if one person's benefiting more than the other. And it's also like, what world do you think we live in that like having experience at a retail place is going to help someone like, so you're going to help them get a minimum wage job where like, like they don't, it doesn't seem like they do job placement. It's like. It's the kind of thing where I can like see some people I know, boomers, being like, oh, this is helping them to get a job because like having a job we think is like the end all be all.
0: And then I would be like, show me the data where people are actually getting jobs after this. Like they're looking at the Salvation Army resume and saying, oh, you have the experience that we need. That doesn't happen, actually. A lot of these people that are in these quote-unquote like, work fairs aren't actually getting hired from their work experience. and Or they should be hired within those work fairs. Like, why doesn't Salvation Army
1: just hire those people after that? Or just pay them the whole time they're working because, like, no matter what you've done, like, illegal, no matter, like, what situation you're in, your labor is still worth money. Yeah. So. I just get enraged with that shit.
0: I'm just like, why is capitalism um okay and the fact that some people think that some jobs are worth more than others can everybody that thinks that you really need to recheck i think maybe seniority might have a factor into that and i get that but that doesn't like jobs all Pretty much are equal in in base and like and physical labor. Ugh, don't even get me started, dude. Oh God, here I go. It's,
1: yeah, there's someone on Twitter who's like the what the thing I like to say at parties to like really piss people off is that like jobs are dumb. Like the jobs we have are dumb, or like most of the jobs we do like don't matter because like you know like shuffling things around an Excel spreadsheet for a tech company is like literally doesn't need to happen at all. Exactly. Oh, Brian's. We told Brian not to run the water while we were recording.
0: He forgot. He's like, I think he turned it off immediately. He's like, shit.
1: Poor thirsty Brian. He's like, he's like just looking at the sink,
0: like dripping, and he can't have any water. Um, yeah. So we're gonna move on to the next topic. Are we done here? I'm done. Can film festival. That's how you say it. Con or can? No, con in Spanish actually means the c word. So don't say that. But it's not in Spanish. That's in French, right? in French oh really okay yeah because I was reading that explicitly they're like don't say that that's a bad word it's like can of beans so can it it, why does
1: that make me so angry um the squeaking is really distracting me I wonder we're gonna have to just live with it It, I'm comfy Mm. (laughs) the amount you're willing to sacrifice for comfort I might just have to get another chair and bring it down here next time. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Hold on. I'll get in a better position. It's just because my feet are on the ground, you know? It's just like...
1: It's a swivel chair. It's really my fault.
0: <laughs> it's nobody's fault. It's the chair for existing too long. And now it's like, you know, squeaky. It's natural.
1: It's squeaky. It's natural.
0: It's a natural squeak. Um, Canfield Festival, for those that don't know, is in Cannes, France, I guess. And it's a 12-day film festival and like let's go back a little bit in time and learn a little bit the history so there was one in 1939 that was uh canceled but 1946 is when it like i think the first held one um follow-through happened in context of this Cannes film festival it's very prestigious as in like the wealthy elite go to it and it's because there was a like a big push in the 30s by some london general dude that like built some hotel i guess and there's just a lot of tourism happening and it became like this prosperous resort um on the rivera so like during that time a lot of the dress the mandatory dressing like look like your class basically was required if you're going to visit the resort but one of the one of the first things that was like a fashion moment was bathing suits because it was on the rivera so people wear were were mostly wearing their bathing suit while they existed to this film festival no just like at at the at the site at the rivera at the can um where it takes place yeah okay um it was very aka relaxed it's a beach town i guess i don't know what a rivera is
1: but i'm guessing it's a river i mean the french riviera is like a specific place Riviera, Mediterranean coastland between Cannes, France, and La Spezia, Italy. So, whatever. Is it like a water? Like, f- I mean, obviously it's water, but is it
0: a river? It was hard to decipher what really was going on because I didn't really want to go any deeper because I was just like annoyed with this concept that the reason it, it, the film festival is so prestigious is because there's a resort it annoyed me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's like a coast. It's like a... Okay. Yeah. That's so why I thought it's a beach. I think a lot of yachts. It's, it's on the Mediterranean. That makes sense. There's a lot of yachts out there. Or, yeah, the, yep, the Sea. So a little bit about this film festival. There's 12, it's a 12 day one. So it, it takes place in like May.
1: People go for all 12 days. I'm sure some do. I'm sure some not all do.
0: Yeah. It's not open to the public. That's the thing. It's, it's industry only. And so there's not, they're not screening tickets um and they're yeah they're not sold to the general public there is an art to getting to sneaking in if you really wanted to if you really want to like sneak in you can just google it and people have a lot of opinions about how to do it you got to have the right outfit the right kind of like uh moxie about you know which now i have unlocked a new like thing i want to do before i die and it is try to get into the kenny film festival that's a really yeah that's a really fun idea uh, I don't think I would be able to like even afford a trip out there, but like maybe when I'm sixty, you know. Yeah.
1: So like, with like actors and directors and stuff.
0: Um. Yeah. It's like the films are submitted. Usually, the films that do well, um, go to the Oscars. So it is like an elite film. It's like pretty prestigious. It's I don't know the process. You have to be accepted in. I don't understand the process, but you—I'm assuming you have money backing you up, and you have a huge PR team. Speaking of PR, so it's not like indie films, then. There are some kind of what people consider indie films, like they're not backed by a big film industry. Um, like some of Kristen Stewart's films are considered indie, uh-huh. and they would win. Like she's won a couple, and I've never seen any. I don't. I I just do not care to see anything she's in besides Twilight. I mean, I only watch Twilight. Unfortunately, I am a hipster and I only watch it
1: ironically to laugh at it. Well, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, don't. I don't care about Kristen Stewart. I only recently saw Twilight and it was like a fun weekend activity when my friend was visiting. And I also watched that one of her like being gay at Christmas.
0: Oh, yeah. I watched that one, too. And I remember me watching it by myself, having personal opinions about it, being like, it's OK. And then you being enraged about it. And I was like, yeah, me, too. <laughs> <laughs> you made some good points and I that I hadn't really thought about it. Um, anyways, there the Palm d'Or is I, I'm probably saying that and all the French people hate me right now. Um, which means golden palm is the big git, is what uh people are trying to shoot for. And some examples of that are like Apocalypse Now Want It, um, the umbrellas of charburg Do you know what that is? No hope you should google that real quick just to see because aesthetically it is my favorite film aesthetically it's not a i don't I, but it is a musical so it's hard to watch but like it is so beautiful and it's based in the 60s Ooh. um pulp fiction one you know these there's just a lot of like famous films. i didn't like pulp fiction I saw it when I was like 1920 and I loved it. And I would probably assume now I would never want to watch it just because so many men have told me that it's one of their favorite films.
1: Yeah, there's like literally no female character that has like a, like any personality that exists or like at all. Yeah, I believe it 100%. I mean, Quentin Tarantino
0: is the worst. Um, and there's a really funny clip going around on TikTok about him talking to um, Fiona Apple and her you you can see the light dying inside of her like this face where she's like he she he's talking about insane bullshit like hipster and her being like so bored and like her being like I can't believe I even started this conversation and it's great um anyway so the reason I'm telling you this is just like to understand there is a, a connection between like prestige like this is the start off of the film fest like the film industry and like a lot of these are predictors of the oscars mm-hmm. um and it's just for elite motherfuckers it's like i really despise it for what it is but i do love film mm-hmm. so i am intrigued um they do a lot of booing for films that they like which i also hate i'm wow. just like uh, th- that's their culture they're trying to be like i don't know cute or something like they're like boo There's t- the reason i just pictured G- gwyneth paltrow being there being like boo yeah i mean there's a lot of, yes there's i mean that's happened like so, and they do it often. They boo it. I think it's supposed to be ironic because some of the p- things that they have booed are some of the best films out there. But I think it's like, and they, sometimes they even win the the Golden Palm. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand the booing. I don't care to understand it, and I'm out of it. And my bo- hope is hope is yawning. Hope is yawning.
1: I'm a,
0: I'm a sleepy baby. Sleepy baby. Okay, so I first heard about their. Uh, dress code from Laney Gossip, like, in 2015. And I didn't know why. That's why I wanted to talk about it, because it just happened. And I remember the dress code being an issue. And people were protesting it. But that's, like, all I remembered at the time. People, like, actors were protesting it? In this way, like, I'm going to tell you what. It, it's not actual protests. But in this way that they thought was something, white feminism at, at its best. But um, basically in 2015, there was a movie called Carol, which had feminist undertones at the time, I've never heard of it, never seen it. Um, sorry, but like a few women came in with like wearing flats, and they were turned away from the show because they could not be wearing flats. They had what year high was heels. this? Two thousand fifteen. What? So. Kristen Stewart and Julia Roberts that same year just went barefoot. They took off their shoes on the red carpet, which I'm kind of like, OK, so you showed them. You know what I mean? Like,
1: but yeah, they have like such gorgeous feet. And every- <laughs> it's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, actually, you should be censoring those. those yeah, we're hiking boots. That would be more feminist. Just kidding. Uh, But that no, I mean. There's no, uh, there's a lot of context. Okay, around the dress code, it is very binary. It's very like black tie. So men that are male presenting have to wear a black tie. And women have to wear high heels. Mm. And usually something identified as feminine. And that was kind of in the context. A lot of women are critiquing it because they're like, that's not fair. But I'm also like, it's not fair for men to be
1: wearing black tie either. Mm. I mean, to be fair, it's like, wearing high heels is physically straining whereas wearing a black tie it's like not yeah no no
0: you're you're accurate my whole thing is if you're rich you should dress up because you have the money but I don't think you should be confined to a binary
1: um okay everyone should have to wear heels (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) I like that take um okay so some of the historical like Dress code breakers, I guess. One was Pablo Picasso. Another, I, I this is all I got this from their website. They never mentioned the 2015 incident on their website. FYI,
1: Cannes website.
0: Yeah, their website talks about people who have broken the dress code. Yeah, and it's mostly men and some women, but like it was never. It was like ooh fun, you know. It was like a fun thing that they were doing. They were they were being taboo by being like rebellious in this artistic way versus actually like making a stand for the what a woman is mm-hmm. like they never brought up Julia Roberts or Kristen Stewart taking off their shoes it just seemed a little weird and the fact that they mentioning Pablo Picasso is like the first person to like really break the dress code I'm like okay that really shows me that you first off want a name drop like they're like look how cool right. I'm like there's got to be somebody that wasn't that popular that was totally Um so Pablo Picasso first broke the dress code and he wore a sheepskin cloak, which I'm like, honestly, that's classy as fuck. I don't know why that's
1: Yeah, but because he didn't
0: have a black tie that was against the dress code? I mean, yeah, because he was wearing a sheepskin cloak. That was just like not allowed? No, it's like black tie formal. You have to wear a like a jacket one of those jackets too. You can't what is it called? Your smoking jacket? Like a tuxedo? Yeah, kind of, but like at least some kind of yeah. It's, they're pretty serious about that. So boring. Why would you why would you have that be the rule? Because they're classy French people. Uh, another thing about this is like I get why they're doing the film festival, like why the big film festival that exists is in France. For those that don't know, I did go to Lyon, France for my um, student abroad. Um, and we did study the Luminaire brothers. We went to their house. Lumiere brothers were based in Lyon, France. And they're the ones that basically invented film.
1: Mm.
0: Movies as we know them. They were 58 seconds long. Um, And they, like, gave them out to the people of Lyon. And, like, there's all these old vintage shots of, like, French people in the 19th. The
1: original TikTok. Truly. Truly. Like, seriously. Like, people say our attention spans are getting shorter. And it's like... Yeah. It was already... Yeah. Exactly.
0: It was one... It wasn't even a minute long. It was 58 seconds. Anyways. So I get why they had the film festival there, but... Because of that, it's just such a Western. It's so Westernized in in dress and and expectations, and it's kind of like uh, they just need to loosen up and not be so annoying. But they will never, anyways. Um, Henry Miller, who I have no idea, was turned away. Who he is or person this is was turned away in 1960 for not wearing a dinner coat. Oh my god! I don't know what he was wearing. I think it's not a dinner coat. Just not not a coat. And then. Uh, Okay, can you Google this person? Mm -hmm. Ilona, I-L-L-I-O-N-A, Stellar, S-T-E-L-L, or S-T-A-L-L-E-R?
1: One of the two. And she's married to Jeff Koons now. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. There's like a picture of him like breastfeeding on her?
0: Yeah, she's an artist. Okay. And (laughs) I like how that's my response. Yeah. Yeah, that holds up. In 1988, she, this is my fave, she was like full nip out, like basically essentially topless. She had like a, a thing between her boobs. Also, here's my controversial thought about this. She is like itty bitty titty committee. And I think that makes it less controversial. For sure. Because if you have big tits bouncing, I just feel like people are going to be like, how dare she? Right. Um. But I mean, they were like that. but you know it would have been much worse um look her up for her 19, 1988 candy oh I'm there baby oh and it's great she's like holding like a teddy bear yeah and, I love it um she's part of like some like radical group and she's done porn too but I'm like what kind of porn would she be doing I don't even feel like I just feel like I look at her and I'm like you're doing artistic porn where people are like I don't know. Are they even having real, like, penetration? Like, is there penetration even happening? Are you calling
1: her out for, like, not being hardcore enough? I, I mean, I'm
0: just interested in what kind of po- – she doesn't – she's not giving me, penet- like, penetration. She's giving me, like, suck my titties, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure – it's artist porn. Like, yeah. it's artistic porn. It's not going to be, like, give it to me, daddy. Right, right. Unless it's ironic. Unless it's a statement. I don't know. That's what all I'm trying to say. Like –
1: She's, yes. she's giving me camp. Okay. Yeah, I see it. I love it. I love her outfit. I love the, like, crown thing she's wearing. Like, her really intense eyebrows. It's just yeah. great. It is great. And then Madonna in 1991, which is less
0: iconic to me and not as controversial, but for some reason it was on their website. Again, I'm like, was it a real controversy or is this Kanyes being like, oh, look at them. Um, Madonna... Wearing her like comb bras that she was known for in the late eighties and early nineties, um, by John Paul Gaultier, that was a controversy. It's a cute outfit. She's like
1: has what's the thing like like you put over your arms? I'm looking at it. Uh, I don't know. She's basically in like an undies bike short version bike short undies was like the cone super tits. cute outfit. And then there's a picture of her like looking really excited and a bunch of little perverts are, like, staring at her. Yeah. But she's
0: she's fully covered, though. Like, her privates aren't out at all. She's no Ilana Stellar. She's no tits out. Okay. And then Victoria Abill, A-B-I-L-L, mm-hmm. also tits out 1997.
1: Compl- but, like... Also a thong, like... Yeah. She I, gave the paparazzi a cheeky display. In oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her thong. Business in the front, party in the back. That's one of
0: hers. She's like every year she's known to be kind of like very campy. Like she's still doing the dress code, but she's like trying to cheat cheat slightly. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was a business up front and then, then a thong in the back. But like she also has this like, she was wearing, like basically wearing a trench coat jacket thing. And then she opened it up and it was like just like a see-through shirt. Mm. Is that the other thing too? I didn't see that. Uh-uh. Which I'm like, get a girl. Have fun with it. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and that's what I, that's basically the list that they gave me. And of course, like, in 2015, like I said, um, there was that big controversy that they'd never even been mentioned. And the director of that film said that it was, like, misinformation and that it ne- never found it. But, like, people were like, no, that definitely happened. Wait. They said that what didn't happen? Like, the women getting turned away. Oh, but it happens all the time. It happens all the time there. Like they're very strict. Yeah, to say that it didn't happen is is more. It's less likely. Like that stuff was. It still happens to this day where people are getting turned away from the film festival for not wearing the appropriate outfit. Um. Okay. But so you guys know, this year the uh, Palm d'Or went to the movie The Triangle of Sadness. And it's like a comedy drama, as they do about like class, um, parasite, m- m- like Remizen, like
1: kind of a, a similar touch. kind of theme, yeah. Which
0: also, I think, won Palme d'Or as well. Oh,
1: par- Parasite did, yeah.
0: And I don't, don't like look into it any farther, that's just what I remember reading, but I could be wrong. And the Triangle of Sadness looks amazing it has woody harrelson as the marxist captain of this like huge ass yacht i think that like they end up in an island so the way it's shot is beautiful i've watched a little bit of clips and i'm very excited to see it
1: yeah i'm down to watch i think the one thing i'll say is that at least by having a dress code it makes it more exciting when people do do like very revealing outfits whereas like on the red carpet we're like oh another sheer dress where i can see your nips underneath like yawn yeah but how, how often does that happen in america
0: how often does what happen? Sheer top with like tits, literally, you can literally see the nip. I, I feel like often, no. Uh, the Met Gala, maybe. I mean, the Oscars, that would never happen. Oh, really? No. I feel like Oscars
1: outfits are always the most boring thing. I Yeah, I don't really know how to differentiate. Like, I mean, now that you're saying, that, that makes sense that the Met Gala would be a lot more racy than the Oscars, but yeah, it's just like a lot of rich people pretending like anyone else cares or like that it makes them cool that they go to this. And it's like so many people could create beautiful films and like we could have a really rich, diverse body of film throughout the world if we didn't just only like fund the same five people who make movies. I know, like Harry, looking at you, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. It's just like, you guys aren't cool. Though some of these movies do sound good. I mean, The Trial
0: of Sadness. It's just funny though, because like all these movies that make like, Like Golden Palm, like make the best films, the Parasite, all these films that are touching on class. I'm like, we're talking about you. Mm -hmm. So to like give the film an A plus and then like I just it's it it makes me irate. Like it's like these films that are I want to see it super bad. Don't get me wrong. It's probably a fabulous film and I think it it is monumental. But like they're presenting it and wanting it to be presented at these elite conventions and i'm like okay so like what are you actually doing you want to be accepted by them Mm -hmm. but also you want to make a commentary on them like what what is this like is this just like the rich being like look we're self-aware we're making these films we don't give a shit because nothing comes of it it's just like weird that these kind of films are being like given
1: the highest award by the wealthiest people right yeah it has like vibes of like who was the senator or councilwoman who went to the Met Gala with the AOC like tax the rich dress and it's yeah. like yeah
0: um, but there is like some really amazing clip uh, with uh, Woody Harrelson which he is a kind of a badass I, he's, he doesn't just like he's gone to jail Ooh. you guys for uh, planting weed in public spaces oh wow um yeah he's a little wild card um definitely like privileged to be able to like do that a hundred percent I think I, I think he taught that was his statement that was like part of the thing that I was talking about yeah that's cool anyways. But he plays a Marxist captain, and one of the clips I watched was, like, him and I guess this, like, rich French dude going back and forth on quotes of certain people, like Margaret Thatcher. Like, he was using, of course, like, uh, Marcus quotes that are really good. And one of them was, like, the last capitalist we'll hang will be the one that sells us the rope. That's by Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that one. Another one was, like, to grow just for growth is a cancerous cell concept and that was by I don't know don't ask me why but they were just like these are things that he was saying they were have, going back and forth and like the other guy was like Ronald Reagan's really funny and he was just like uh, socialism only would work in heaven where they don't need it and hell where they have it and that's a Ronald Reagan quote you know oh my god <laughs> wow
1: yeah, and... Wait, so this is Woody Harrelson and who going back and forth? It was, like,
0: this French character, um, which I, I don't know the details because I haven't seen the movie. It was just, like, a clip. So I'm assuming he's, like, a the rich guy. Oh, this is in the movie. Yeah. Oh, and okay. this is Woody Harrelson's, like, he was the Marxist um, captain. So they're just kind of, like, it's tongue-in-cheek, like, he's, like, reading off the quotes and they're guessing who said these quotes. It's very natural and it seems fun and kind of, like... I love it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah, Um, and these two models and him and the woman that cleans the yacht with all these billionaires get stranded on an island, and Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens, Mm -hmm. but I'm hilarity,
1: obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow, dude, we just do trailers now, I guess. (laughs) sorry.
0: I just want everybody to watch it. I was, like, so into it. I was, like, I got to tell everybody about this film. Yeah. Um, And I watched, like, three clips, and I was, like, sold because they were funny. I mean, Um, this is,
1: like, this is called bringing value to your audience. You know, you heard it here (laughs) first, people. I'm I'm truly sorry I the hope is like you gotta you gotta stop I can no. tell oh, okay <laughs> I'm I'm here for it I yeah my but
0: they won for a reason but I mean, that, that doesn't mean it, prestige there's there have been some films that you have never heard of that have won
1: so it doesn't you don't always get famous from like doing well it can oh. no but it does significantly help your um film but I do think you heard it
0: here first i do think the triangle of sadness is going to be the hit of either twenty twenty two or
1: 2023 i'm gonna text shelly and caution and tell them to come over at six right or yeah we're having a sleepover with our girls i am a sleepover kind of gal what
0: i think you should get is like well brian's gonna want to eat then you should probably get a large pizza you should just get one large pizza okay um okay should
1: we talk about the vox article Yes, let's do it. Have okay have notes on that. So we're talking about this article called Trends Are Dead by Terry Nguyen, um, a Vox writer. And the basic thesis of this article is that like the trend cycle is like right now we have this tendency perpetuated by TikTok to like try to name every little like niche aesthetic. And it's not that even that these aesthetics are happening. It's just that like people are talking about them and then like, the, the content spreads rather than the actual, like, rather than the actual aesthetic and that these aesthetics aren't based in a subculture. And I, this isn't the first time I've heard this thesis that, like, subculture is dead and that, like, basically there's no mainstream for us to react to anymore. Um, and so, like, you know, rather than having, like, a punk scene that has associated music and politics and dress, like, dress just being one of the components we have these aesthetics that, like, actually aren't tied to anything, like E-Girl, Coconut Girl, Coastal Grandmother, and it's, like, more of just a talking point versus, like, a, like, ethos or, like, a, not ethos, but, like, it's just a talking point. It's not a
0: representation of um, a radical movement. Like, a lot of these fashions that we stem from, like, punk, we have talked about this in the past, Mm -hmm. Like, punk is a big one that stands out to me. Like, Kuella came out, like, giving ode to that punk era um, and dressing. But she was a capitalist whore bitch. Like, and that was her whole thing. And I was like, during the 70s, if you were punk, you were a part of that punk movement.
1: Yeah. Or even, like, with hippie, like, hippie dress, like, stemming from also, like, a movement. And, I, and it's like, beyond that, it's like, there's also, like, alternative culture that isn't quite as politically rooted like they talk about like hipster like in like the 2010s like hipsters were people who were like I'm not mainstream and I definitely identified a, like the, of not being mainstream at the time but now it's like because there's alternative
0: was the phrase
1: right and like now there isn't such a thing as alternative like yeah. because there's so many aesthetics happening and like well alternative could be a, a a term that TikTok would use but it's not alternative because it's in the mainstream like right Right. And, like, Gen Z, rather than, like, deciding, oh, I'm alternative, this is how I dress, they get to, like, play dress up with all these aesthetics rather than having to identify with one. It's, like, you're kind of, like, just playing around and trying them out, which is, like, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean,
0: I think it's not great in the sense that this is symptoms of late-stage capitalism. In that the – how – how it's not about making a statement, how clothes, fashion, is how we interpret the world. And if there is no sense of interpretation going on, and that we're just following a meaningless concept, that to me just means that we're buying for buying's sake, right? And that is a little scary to me, because like they were saying at the beginning of the film, that trends are a reaction to something in the beginning of the article yeah or sorry did i say film because i i only watch i don't i don't read yeah
1: i'm gonna wait for it to come out on movie (laughs) and
0: then i'll tell you what's in it but yeah it's like and that's how trends are identified like truly it usually
1: there it's a reaction to something else and that's how people predict stuff well and like yeah trends can also be based on like actual material availability or like or like things like oh i like this movie's popular and then everyone starts dressing like that but we just have so much material and it's like we not only have all of the media that's out right now but we have all of the media that's ever existed and so gen z can like look back on like all of this different stuff and and access it too there's like
0: since we have there's such a thing as fast fashion so literally you can look at something
1: afford it buy it get it the next day like there's no And when we did talk about, like, I feel like when we did our trends episode in the beginning of the year, we talked about, like, just not caring and that being a trend for the year of, like, just wearing whatever you want and, like, a lot of personal style. And I think, like, in that way, it can be cool that, like, there's a lot to draw from and a lot of, like, experimentation to be done. Um, Though I think, like, a lot of that is being done online to an online audience rather than, like, in real life, but... Okay, so that, that's the other thing. I watched a few TikToks.
0: I, I recently had to answer a questionnaire. You, you guys may or may not know this about uh, this house of sorcery is a job I'm applying to. Not that I'll get it, but they for a part-time designer in the job, I was asked a bunch of questions uh, after turning in my resume and portfolio. They came back with like 30 questions. And one of them was like, how do you keep the magic? Um, outside of work. I'm like, first off, there's no magic inside of work. Also, what is this phrasing? I, yeah. Are you trying to date me? Right. Um. But yeah, so my answer, I got real heady with it. And I was like, I don't even know if this is how you say his name, but Heiden Degger, who studied metaphysics and femin- feminology, he's like a theorist and a philosopher, and uh, has this concept of poetic dwelling. And poetic dwelling is... How we conceptualize what's above us and what's below us, like as humans, yeah. basically it's how do we find how do we exist in the space that we're existing in. Yeah. So, and, and the interpretations of that is usually through architecture. It's like well, churches are an example, right? Like there are a lot of them are pointing towards the sky yeah. because there's a spiritual aspect of it. Yeah. So there's such a big interpretation of how we interact with the sky and in the grounds regardless if we want to acknowledge it or not it's there and it exists um and also that can be taken over to fashion and clothes and that's what like wearing a pointy hat <laughs> well just like an example would just be like any kind of interpretation of we wear clothes to interpret interpret our surroundings right
1: right like that's just what we intake right is um, this like a formal situation is this like like a situation where I'm going to be moving exactly. a lot or like whatever.
0: But also it could be more spiritual. Like a lot of like in India, a lot of people wear items of clothes that represent their spirituality in certain ways because it's how they interpret the world around them. It's a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in Hinduism. And so, I mean, there's a lot of ways to think about this. And to me that that's where the, we're vo- we're as a nation as an America, as even a collective, a globalization, we are so focused on individualism. Mm -hmm. And that is how we are interpreting the world is what I'm getting to. So like there is a devaluing of trends simply because we're so focused on individualism. That is the, that is the trend is individualism. And
1: that is my thought on that. Thank you. That is my TED talk for the day. I guess I don't, necessarily buy that we're more individualistic today than we were at the turn of the century. Not at all. But I think we've
0: got, gotten to a point where we're melding and depoliticizing. As this, as this article even points out, we're depoliticizing movements. To a point, it's just about expression of the individual. It's not about expressing the concept of politics. It's not ex- about expressing your spiritual sake. It's about how we want to be viewed as a single person kind of void that is that is the push on tiktok is what i is what i'm getting to yeah
1: thoughts are coming up for me like now i'm kind of feeling like the alternative culture right now is anything that's against capitalism i i would say yes and like and so it's interesting like brian and i were at having wine last night out and watching people go by and like i was i was telling him about this article and he was like i mean there are trends like And that's the thing. It's like yes, these micro trends that we talk about, coastal grandmother, coconut. I learned about coconut girl. That was like a new one for me. And or weird girl aesthetic. It's like those. I would agree that those aren't actually truly trends, but there are trends still. When you look outside, it's like yes, people are wearing like wide leg jeans. People are wearing like whatever. Like there still are. Like you can still draw similarities between the way people are dressing. Um, it's just like this specific like drive to name everything
0: well yeah and that as this article
1: points out the
0: reason of naming everything is to contain
1: it and sell it except that like the people who are doing it are like gen z people who don't own companies yeah but they can still be m- getting
0: a brand's
1: market like they can make money off of it they can but i don't think they are i think that there is a drive of that humans have to categorize things and it's also like we have a really intense like content cycle because like okay when we saw a few people talking about twee we did a whole episode on it and it's like is it because i saw people walking around dressing twee no it was because i just like wanted to talk about a thing that people were talking about but yeah like brands Brands like take advantage of it, but ha- there was an actual comment on one of that on our TikTok. That TikTok is the most popular TikTok
0: we have right now. It's like almost reaching a hundred thousand, and I think it's just because there was such a like a lot of millennials are getting on TikTok and they're like, "What is this tweet thing?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I feel like people are trying to understand it more. And there was a comment that's like, "Is anybody else seeing this actually in real life?" Totally, and. To that I say probably in London. I don't know, I feel like London's very Twee. But not I not here. I haven't seen anything but again, Seattle's not fashionable in any way. But like even when I watch like New York fashion stuff, I don't see Twee being it's if anything, it'd be like the Midwest millennial that's still stuck. You know what yeah.
1: I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I just said. Did you just say Midwest? Well, no, I'm just I'm saying that like it's not happening in real life. Yeah. Um, and that like we're one of the people who are capitalizing on We're capitalizing on it as content, not on it as like something to sell. But I feel like I should read a couple quotes because this is one of those articles where I'm like, I feel like I could have thought this thought, but the way Mm -hmm. she writes it, it's just very, she's just a good writer. Good job, Terry. Um, So like they say, the tendency to register and categorize things, whether it be one's identity, body type, or aesthetic preferences is a natural part of online life. People have a penchant for naming elusive digital phenomena but TikTok has only accelerated the use of cutesy aesthetic nomenclature. Anything that's vaguely popular online must be defined or decoded and ultimately reduced to a bundle of marketable vibes with a kitschy label. Um, they talk about, yeah, like how aesthetic components were once integral to the formation of traditional subcultures. They've lost all meaning and now like a viral trend is just something that can be demystified, mimicked, sold, and bought. Um, They talk about cottagecore, how it emerged on Tumblr in 2018, and it exists largely as an online state of mind, a mood board intended for digital cosplay, and that its mainstream popularity coincided with the pandemic's early month, early months, a time when people were desperately searching for a sense of escapism, which, okay, from this article and a few others that I read, It annoys me that everyone's associating everything with it being the pandemic. It's like anytime you're trying to explain why is this popular or like I was just watching, we did like a talk at work about color and like how different cultures appreciate different colors and they were like, oh, what colors were popular during different eras? And they talked about like after 9-11, the colors that were popular. And I'm like, it's a really easy thesis to make and it's really easy to hear that and be like, oh yeah, we must have been into cottagecore because of... The pandemic and it's like i'm not saying it can't be right but it's like it's just a thesis i hear used in so many different ways yeah and there's like no
0: i guess econ papers about it so it's like what do you mean like no one's it's just like yeah there's just a idea but also tiktok did blow up during the pandemic mm-hmm. and i think there's a lot of root in that as well yeah yeah
1: i mean i definitely used social media as both like an inspiration for getting dressed yeah, like, that was, like, it really helped me get dressed during the pandemic. And it was, like, yeah, my my outfits really only existed online. It was, like, I wasn't leaving the house. Yeah, and that was what I was also saying. I was just, like, a lot of it's, like, um, people showing off
0: outfits in their room. It's, like, <laughs> who – is that even wearing clothes? You know what I mean? Like, if you're not going out into the world and you're just show-
1: – I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Is that even fashion? Like, what is that? Right, and we've talked about, like – How fashion can either be like part of a public commons where you're seen by people and they can copy you and it's like it's free because it's just you being out in the world versus when it's online and it's like quantified, commodified. Um, Not that people can't see you and copy you when they see you online. It's just that you're accruing like uh, feed, you're accruing engagement. The app is accruing money. And so it's not quite the same. Right. It's capitalist. Capitalist. It's also like, like I don't, I don't think Seattle is unfashionable anymore. I'm like totally walking it back. People do dress away, or I guess like I see people dress away because I'm in Capitol Hill and it's like whatever. Like I saw someone walk by with like huge platform shoes, wearing a harness and like blah blah blah. blah. And it's like if you only are wearing that online, the well, people. That, did you see him today recently? Like yesterday, That's Pride baby. Yeah, totally. And when I think like these people existing in public is so important because if it's online. The only people who are seeing you, it's a feedback loop. They already are like not scandalized by that. But if you have like people traveling or just like whatever, people walking around and like they see people dressing like this, it's like it's working to actually normalize it and to expose people to things. It's kind of like I feel like a different conversation at this point. But I never got to finish my why
0: where I get the magic. Basically, I just said I try to exist and that's how I find magic. I was like, I dance. I, uh, I just wanted to be clear. I, I wrote, I said, I dance. Oh God, whatever. I said, I, I make, I have dinners. I make stuff with my hands. And I was like, I also talk about fashion. Yeah. Anyways, that's how I make the
1: magic. I accidentally talked about our podcast during a job interview recently.
0: That's but, okay. I gave, I gave it all out to them too. And I was like, I hope they don't listen to it.
1: Yeah. But like your people are more like, wait, why would you want not want the, the. Because I mean, I definitely am like, I'm horny. <laughs> Yeah. i want everybody to think i'm never horny okay yeah, yeah that's that's how you get a job i don't want yeah but they asked like what i do they're like what makes you interesting or like what do you do outside of work and it's like truly this but uh yeah i mean you're like i'm kind of like doing tiktok doing making tiktok yeah it's like also like i'm not interesting like i don't have to prove that i'm interesting to anyone I, right and i'm like i guarantee whatever you think is interesting is not interesting yeah you're
0: not interesting. I mean, because, like, I assume people at a lot of these jobs are like, I love running. That's what makes me interesting. And I'm like,
1: literally, I could
0: not think of a most boring.
1: Seriously, the most basic thing you can possibly do. Yeah. Um, Anyways,
0: if you said that you were making a podcast for fa- about fashion, I would be like, you are the most interesting person I've ever met. Um,
1: Anyways,
0: that's just my bias. So. Also, they, she mentions how Guy Dubois um, basically predicted this um and those that don't know guy Du boyd there's a quote in there i don't I, I wish uh i had the thing i do have the thing in front of me i just don't want to squeak any more than i have to a <laughs> uh, guy de boyd is a french theorist that was part of the dada movement and he's part of this group called the situationists that basically explored urban sites through an various ways it's like it was an interaction with the site that was creating this idea of meandering and they would take signs and like get rid of their their meaning um promoting chaos and non-functionality through the urban landscapes the concept was like even through the urban landscape we are being guided Mm -hmm. um and it was their way of being like like some dada artist um that took this like to heart like would put eight different locks on their door the only one that worked you Mm -hmm. know like just stuff like that was like to make it actually non-functional, because, like functionality is just a drive
1: for lack of creativity, I guess, or lack of and like efficiency, like a me- like a mechanism of capitalism. So yeah like
0: it, well, it kills culture. It kill it kills the it's just yeah, efficiency is like from a, you're getting to a to b. Mm-hmm. When there is no getting to a to b, the options are endless.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to read the quote? Yes. Okay. So in his 1967 book, Society of the Spectacle, the French philosopher Guy Debord introduced the concept of recuperation, the process by which subcultural ideas and images become commodified and reincorporated into mainstream society. Kind of makes me think of like pride. Um, Uh, Exactly. That's exactly. That's yeah. And
0: he, he was, I think coming off of that was like just him looking at science in general as a way that are be- becoming commodified and then eventually become meaningless. And he was a raging alcoholic asshole that killed himself,
1: just so you guys know. <laughs> mm, good to know. Uh, he was like, I'm so sick of opening seven different locks to get into my house every day.
0: <laughs> that wasn't him, but yes. he would. And y'all should definitely check out the, the group, The Situationist. They just sound like they would quote unquote meander the landscape for like days. And I'm like, where would they eat? I don't know. I was really confused on like, they just sound like punks, but I'm here for it all at the same time. It doesn't time. sound,
1: yeah. It's a cool, I like the idea of it. It doesn't sound like a group that I necessarily, I mean, it was white men
0: enjoyed. And that's the other thing. There was a really funny TikTok that this woman's just like going on a fake date. It's like POV or whatever. And she was just like, real quick, because um, I'm tired of this shit, I'm going to get right to it. She gets her notepad out and she's just like, who's your favorite uh, female theorist and philosopher? Like that was like one of the questions. She's like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good, 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 good." It was like all these really poignant questions, okay. and I'm like, "Yeah." So, guy a boy, I just like I I know him and I, I
1: I love his ideas, but I am mad he is a man. <laughs> Do you? So, did you read his stuff for your thesis? Yes, I did. Did you like it, or did you? Were you inspired? By I
0: that? I remember, like, that's the thing. I wish I had took a class and just focusing on the situationist as a theory because we also were exposed to it during one of our. Classes with Ken talk about maps. Oh, okay. That was one of the maps that he showed us. Was one of the maps that they made, which was based on emotion and focus on that. It was like a not. It's it was a non legible uh, map, of Paris. Um, that was kind of the concept. Very Dadaist, mm-hmm. and it's just hard when you're trying to read theory and then you don't have anybody to bounce these ideas off of because theory is literally that. There there's there is a concept and it is real. In that way, it's just, like, I need some help processing what what I'm actually trying to say. There's, like, it's just, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, I was trying to say this other, it's, like, a thought that we all have, but people dive into it deeper in a way that gives it roots. Yeah. And I need to, like, really fathom, kind of, bring those roots and let, the, let it grow in a way that only
1: theory and other people can do. I don't it's know. It's really, I mean, I feel like that's, like, one of the best parts about doing this is that, yeah, like… We get to
0: explore those ideas. Explore those ideas, because
1: also sometimes you read something and you're like, "Oh my god, it's like really resonating with me." And then you talk it over with someone, and they bring up questions, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know." Like if it causes you to, um, yeah. But so I read some more Vox articles about trends and shit, and there was one that had just like a long list of like the various things that are trendy right now. Um, can I read you this list and you tell me if you've heard of each of these things? Yeah. Okay. Ballet core. I mean, of course. Royal core. No. Regency Corps.
0: No, but that's okay.
1: I feel like that's like um that's Bridgerton.
0: That makes sense. It might, might be more of an era Then I'm like, okay, so is Royalty Corps more focused
1: on like modern royalty? Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh Indy obviously twenty fourteen soft grunge. Um, interesting.
0: I mean I haven't heard it, but I probably experienced it. So Yeah. I probably was
1: that. Yeah. Right. It's like that feels pretty indie sleaze to me. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't like wash my hair, and like
0: I was wearing like all my Bonnaroo bracelets. What is that? What is that? Ooh, I love that.
1: <laughs> uh, Twe obviously Russian bimbo core. I can, I can, I can see what they're talking about. Okay, avant apocalypse. Yes, oh, for sure. That. that we've
0: talked, we definitely talk about that. That's our our boy. Uh, I mean, not our boy, but the guy that like was terrible, like racist and anti-Semitic, and now works for that brand that does deconstruction. That you uh, you're
1: oh, what's that guy like is? John John Paul? Wait, no.
0: It's the guy that does deconstruction.
1: Margela. Yes, but does it wasn't the one who was racist, John? No. Not John Paul Gottier. He probably is, but I don't know. It's, he was the one who was caught onto camera being no, like
0: No, not John Paul Gottier. It was it's the guy that is doing Marjola now. What's his name? I don't know. <sighs> okay, wait. Who but John Paul Gaultier, I think, was before him. Um, I forgot. John Galliano. John Galliano. I see
1: it. that makes sense why that would be confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, new space age? No idea. Circa 20 circa 200 Wait. Wow, I'm hungry. Circa 2006 diesel?
0: I'm really curious what that means. Is that like van like diesel? It makes me
1: think of like diesel jeans. Maybe. Okay. Um, clown core yes. Jackie made a great TikTok about Thank you. Cloudcore, hyper Gen Z, bellhop core. That sounds so goofy. I can see that. I can
0: see what they're talking about. I mean, like, that's still very Wes Anderson. I feel like there's a bellhop in every fucking Wes Anderson film. Mm,
1: which also feels like a little tweet to me. Yeah, exactly. Mod revival. Is that happening? Isn't that tweet also? Yes. Joycraft. This
0: is the thing. There's a lot of overlaps. They're just naming things. Right. Um, and this is why I think hipster is really the ultimate um, umbrella for all these things. But go on. What were you saying? Joycraft. No idea,
1: opera gloves. Oh, that's just a article of clothing. And then <laughs> skirt. I was, I, was, <laughs> I was skipping the ones that were just like balaclavas. Um, Coconut girl. Have you heard of that one? I wish I've mentioned far too many times so far. <laughs> no, but what is that? I watched a video of the girl that you showed me for the Euphoria. Oh, the, the, the Bratz dolls. Um, they were just talking about, like, it's, like, hoku and, like, early 2000s, like, beachy, like, crochet, like, lots of Hawaiian print, but like, dresses, and, uh, it's, like, basically just, like, early 2000s on a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. That does feel like a reaction to pandemic, because it's, like, yeah, let's just, it's, like, it's everything. It's, like... It's basically incorporating all of the trends. It's like bimboism because it's like, yeah, I'm just going to dress like a little hoe. It's like post-pandemic because it's like, let's party and just like have a good time. It's like also just building off the other trends that are going on, like crochet and like tie-dye and like, you know, some of the DIY stuff. So, you know, whatever. Let's just do it all on the beach. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I'm mad I'm not on the beach. Anyways. Well, we're getting texts about the pizza situation. We should head out. I'm getting hungry, too. You
0: mentioned getting hungry, and then I was like, wow, I'm actually starving. Yeah, let's go eat. All right. We love you guys. Love you. I love you, Hope. Yay! All right, bye.